Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And alongside me tonight, folks, is the one and only Nicholas Osit of 24-7 Sports, my brother in the 608 with an astronomical weekend ahead in Wisconsin Badgers sports, most specifically on the hardwood at the Kohl Center Saturday afternoon against in-state rival, the Marquette Golden Eagles. Good Lord Almighty, Nick. We have a spectacular weekend of sports ahead. Myself on the hardwood on the coaching side and you with one of the biggest games of the college basketball season. How are you doing tonight, my brother? You know, I don't think you undersold that at all. I mean, even outside of our respective basketball things we got going on, Saturday, as a football fan, certainly one of the better days of the year. And it's going to be nice, as we'll get into a little bit more, not to have to worry about another football team as we're rolling into a victory Saturday. Nick's been having the victory celebration go all the way through the week, and I absolutely love it because, as we'll get into in this episode, folks, our beloved Chicago Bears earned a primetime victory against a division rival in the Minnesota Vikings. So, folks, strap in for a wild one. And as always, juice up! All right, Nick, of course, there are a plethora of college sports on the docket this coming weekend, but the focal point of this episode is none other than the Chicago Bears earning a true grinded out victory (laughs) with the entire world watching on Monday Night Football against the Minnesota Vikings, a 12-10 to final score, (laughs) something you rarely see in any football game, let alone the professional level. The Chicago Bears earned their first victory without scoring a touchdown. The last time they did it was in 1993, and... I was racking my brain throughout the game to try and remember a game where they didn't score a touchdown and won. And I was right in my estimation that it had never happened in my lifetime or yours. And I'm glad it could come to fruition in front of our very eyes with millions watching at home. The Cairo Santos game, it was honestly a thriller. Not necessarily a scoring barrage, Nick, but the Chicago Bears defense was at its best. And we get to roll into the bye week with another win under our belts. So how are you feeling about this one, my brother? Yeah, you know, I think it's definitely a really good stat. Uh, I think that's very interesting. I'm a little bit surprised we didn't have any in our Super Bowl appearance season, because obviously that was a defense-driven team, though the defense probably scored some touchdowns. Obviously, we had some special team ones. But this game, more than anything, I I think two things. Sincerely, 
our listeners know we're busy, you know, but we try not to miss a game. I know you you never really miss a game. But we put a lot into being fans of this team. And even my friends were texting me during it, like, I don't know how you guys do it after those multiple fumbles from Justin Fields. So I think, to me, it, it was a couple of things. It was just meaningful as a fan to just get to feel a win in primetime. Second primetime victory of the season. Third primetime, I'm sorry, because we got two on Thursdays and then our Raiders game was on a Sunday. So, yeah, that was, you know, awesome. And then I'm having a hard time kind of figuring out which way the Bears are going to go at quarterback. I know that we don't have to get into that right now, but just because I'm a fan of this player and I always will be Justin Fields, it was cool to see his start, 12 for 12, I believe as well as how he redeemed himself late. Like, one fumble like that, okay, it can be bad luck. Two, that's terrible. But hung back into that major play, get the first down DJ Moore, just a bullet. I'm actually really grateful DJ has such incredible hands. And it was just fun. Cairo Santos, who we know is top seven or eight kicker in the league, Gets it done. Just fun. And then again, like I said, don't have to worry about this team for another week and a half. Nick, something there that resonated so heavily for me was that it was fun to win a football game. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't been with this team really all season. Winning on the grand stage, the defense playing at the highest level we've seen in a handful of years, holding the Minnesota Vikings to just 10 points and nearly held them to three. That was a late touchdown, a late surge by the Minnesota Vikings to try and hold on. What stood out to me in this game was, yes, for non-Bears fans, this was probably like watching paint dry. but. We are fans of this team. That's what people have to realize. So many of my friends and coworkers came up to me and said, that game wasn't exciting at all. How can you watch it? <laughs> well, I am a football fan, and I'm a fan of the Chicago Bears. And when they play defense at a level of forcing four interceptions and just hammering the Minnesota Vikings all night long, that is why I love the game of football. It is all about shutting down the opposing team. Forget about highlight real plays and scoring in the end zone. When your defense plays like that, that is the makings of a team on the rise. Of course, we are not going to the playoffs in this season, but we have taken steps forward and steps in a positive direction, and I have to recognize the four men involved in turning that ball over. Of course, Jalen Johnson, one of the premier corners in this league. The whole secondary was all over the field. Jaquan Brisker had the late interception. Kyler Gordon has had his best stretch of games in the NFL. He hauled in an interception. And then your man, from the Wisconsin Badgers, T.J. Edwards. And I believe three of these interceptions were off of tipped balls. Yep. That is how the defensive side of football is played. 
and I was over the moon watching this unit just shine, especially on third down, either forcing a turnover or forcing Minnesota to punt the ball. It was a masterful performance on that side of the football. And as we talked about earlier in the week, Nick, we have to tip our caps to the head coach, Matt Eberflus, despite how we may feel about him. He pitched a near perfect game on that side of the football. Man, I guess we could just call it a tee up, but I, that is literally what I had written down, jotted down to say next. I was driving home from covering uh, my respective beat, the Wisconsin Badgers, Monday night, you know, checking the score a little bit throughout here and there. And quickly got to my car, called you. And when you were filling me in, and I saw those turnover numbers. That's exactly what I said. I don't I don't think you hate Eberflus. I just think, you know, you think he's bad. He has been a bad coach. I certainly don't. I actually think he's a, a really likable guy. I, I think he knows defense and he knows football. I don't think he's going to be the coach that leads us to the promised land. But from this moment, it was just it was exciting because it was defense oriented. I think you made some great points about the way the team is trending. I mean. I'm an optimist. I don't want to get too sad or look backwards, but this should be a six and six football team. I, honest to God, this isn't even the, you know, Noah, uh, we should have won this when we lost by 10 type thing. Like Lions, the worst collapse we've ever seen, no doubt. And then the Broncos game that I believe you were in attendance for in control for 80, 85%. I, I'd even give you five and seven which still sounds a, a heck of a lot better than four and eight. And I know you'd agree. So that it's a tough pill to swallow. I saw somebody that we follow on Twitter had kind of tweeted something like that uh, after that win, but it was exciting. I was really happy for Justin late. I mean, that it does take a special type of heart and strength and kind of bounce back mentality Love the ownership he took in the locker room. I think it's clear the team loves him. And it was a good moment with Ryan Poles. I don't know what that means, what it's going to translate to. But right now, you go into a bye week and then believe we're at home against the Lions. Not looking at too much. We'll, we'll do a preview. But that's a great opportunity because the Bears were simply the better team at Detroit. And you know after a bye week, this team is so healthy right now. It's going to be a heck of a football game at Soldier. Nick, you truly have me grinning ear to ear. And you talk about the Bears' record, 4-8, and eight, about as ugly as they come in the National Football <laughs> League. And you mentioned two games that they absolutely squandered. Probably the two worst collapses, you could argue, in my lifetime over the last 20-plus years. Up double digits late, seemingly have control for three out of the four quarters. I, of course, was in the end zone at that Broncos game where the Broncos had the game ceiling fumble return for a touchdown and it truly took a small portion of my heart away that I will never recover <laughs> and of course the Lions game 
quite recently up 12 points with less than four minutes to go. It's inexcusable. And I won't stretch it too much, but you could also argue with Tyson Bajan at the helm, the Bears had every opportunity to win against the New Orleans Saints. So those are three games right there that the Bears very well could have won and left those chances out on the field, which is extremely unfortunate because even if you win two of those games, this team is, as we like to say, in the hunt for the postseason as there's kind of a logjam in the NFC right now. So, of course, we can't look back, but you talk about Justin Fields. What a gutsy football player he is. I mean, good heavens. He almost took away the opportunity to win this football game, but he earned it back late. I was probably more frustrated with the first fumble than the second because he could have just gone down and taken the sack on the first fumble as opposed to trying to make a play that wasn't there. Whereas the second fumble, he was surging for a first down, trying to make a big play, and just had it punched out. It would have happened to 90% of quarterbacks in this league. So that second one, he was trying to extend the drive and continue the comeback. But... Did he ever have possibly the best drive of his young career? Third and 10, delivers a strike right down Main Street, as you mentioned earlier, Nick, to his favorite target, DJ Moore, who we certainly have to mention, eclipsed 1,000 yards receiving on the season, who was predicted less than 1,000. Just over 800, which is absolutely disrespectful. And Nick, I think he will be the first Bears receiver to have 5,000-plus receiving yards in a Chicago Bears uniform so long as we can keep him around over the next handful of years. So Justin and DJ, I think they have one of the better connections between a quarterback and receiver in this league. And you mentioned the warm embrace that Fields had with Poles, and I believe he got a little action in there with Eberflus in the locker room. There are just a handful of games left in this season, Nick, but I am more than confident that Justin Fields will be around for not only next season, but many seasons to come after a potential extension come wintertime. Well, I'm not ready to have that conversation just because I don't want to get disappointed. I will say I, I think the arrow's starting to point a little bit from what I can read a, at least a chance uh for that to still happen, which is really exciting. But where where I want to kind of take this in this next portion is perfect time bye week. Bears have five games left. Three at home, two on the road. Just what we kind of think is gonna happen. Sitting at four and eight, I'm gonna I'm gonna go first here. I think that the Bears honestly finished with seven wins, which I think would be 
respectable, and the rest of the way, all I need to know is how the Bears do next week. That's going to tell me everything. And, of course, it's a little insane to me as I look at the dates. My goodness, the next time the Bears play, we're in mid-December. That's insane. But Lions game. Lions are trending down. We Not dramatically, but a little bit. I played some bad football last couple weeks. Bears should have won at Ford Field. Bears travel to Cleveland. Honestly, they've got a shot. Browns will be a slight favorite just because of that defense. I'm going to give Cleveland that one. I'll say we'll split those first two. Cardinals at home. Bears will be favored. They better win that. Falcons come to town. That'll be close to a pick em. Falcons offense is nothing special. Their, their secondary is great. So Fields has to take care of the rock. But I'll give Bears win and then probably losing at Lambeau. But still, if we can get to seven, Fields wins four out of his last six, I think he's got to be QB1. Nick, I am entirely on the same page as you in terms of that final number of seven victories, which you talk about those games that could have gone the opposite direction, it makes me really frustrated because you take a couple more of those wins and they're looking at a potential wild card spot. But as I mentioned earlier, you can't go backwards in the National Football League. I'm with you on seven wins, but I think they do it a little bit differently. Of course, there's a great revenge opportunity in mid-December against the Detroit Lions. And I think the Bears very well can go back-to-back in the division, two victories in a row. One, we got the Vikings on Monday Night Football. We took care of business and then finished the job against the Detroit Lions. We will see who the quarterback is for the Cleveland Browns out east. It could potentially be Joe Flacco, as crazy as that sounds. Unless the young man Dorian Thompson Robinson comes back from concussion protocol in the next couple weeks, I will actually say Cleveland wins that one. But then the Bears absolutely take care of business on, I believe, Christmas Eve, which we will be watching together against the Arizona Cardinals. That is a clear cut victory in the elements. Arizona does not have a favorable matchup there. Kyler Murray likes to play out in the perfect climate out west. Bear weather on Christmas Eve. That's going to be a celebratory evening for us. And then I think a nice letdown spot against the Atlanta Falcons, who will be battling for a playoff position late December. And to cap it all off, Nick, unless the Bears have some drastic change down the stretch Justin Fields talking about sealing his opportunity for the long haul as QB one of the Chicago Bears he's never done it and now it's time to defeat the Green Bay Packers for the first time in his career and Matt Eberflus's first time as a head coach in the National Football League and we talk about those games Eberflus just earned his first victory in the division against the Minnesota Vikings. He could 
beat all three division teams and split across the board if things continue to trend in a positive direction. So I don't necessarily want that to happen because if Iberfus is capable of that, then the Bears could keep him around come the offseason. But I'm right along with you. I think the Bears do end up with seven wins, which, of course, is underwhelming. But there are some fun games on the docket in December, and I can't believe we're already here because that means just a handful more weeks of Chicago Bears football, and we have to soak in every moment. Yeah, it's, you know, it's bittersweet with the Bears. A year that's been pretty good to us overall is coming to an end, but we've still got some time. I I think that, you know, I really do think that seven wins happens. I love your last pick. I will start to get very nervous if the Bears can't beat the Lions uh, just because, I mean, they've shown that they very well could have done it. And obviously there will be a lot of time for preparation and things like things like that things of that nature but overall i'm just excited we got to see a win i do think we get a couple more i'm grateful that the team is healthy and let's just see where this ride takes us i i guess i'll say for you and our listeners as we get a little closer to a close that i do think as of right now eber is going to be back i think there's a more likely chance that he does over justin but I'm really hoping it's both, quite honestly. I would say it's close to 50-50 shot. I, I don't think Iberflus is great, but I wouldn't mind the two of them having another year. I think that when Getsy can just stick to kind of, I don't know, what he's done in crunch time situations, it works. Let fields stretch the field, throw the ball, and I'll be looking forward to next Sunday which I'll also mention just because we love the NFL, Cowboys-Eagles Sunday night has the potential to be an all-time. Nick, both of those teams have been playing true barn burners. I mean, Thursday night football just finished right before we recorded this one, and it was a thriller, something we haven't seen on Thursday nights really all throughout this season other than our Chicago Bears trouncing a couple of teams. Dallas looks like a true world-beating team offensively. They can really allow anyone to score, which is concerning for them come playoff time. And just a few days ago, we witnessed one of the best games, if not the best, of the NFL season in Eagles-Bills down in Philly foggy, rainy night, all kinds of turnovers, but Jalen Hurts found a way to win in overtime. That's a division rivalry that the entire world has to be watching next week. And that matchup could very well have some playoff implications as well. I know Philadelphia has already clinched the postseason, which is preposterous this stage in the game. But Dallas still has a great opportunity to win that division and to steal one against the Eagles would be rather remarkable for your man, Dak Prescott. So, Nick, as you and our listeners know, I absolutely love 
the Chicago Bears football team, regardless of its record. But I think you are in the minority in terms of wanting Eberflus to return as head coach. I don't think you are in the wrong in thinking it could happen, knowing our organization and its history. They are not quick to fire head coaches, even when they know they've made the wrong decision. I mean, we had to sit through Mark Trestman as an NFL head coach, which is truly off the wall. So, yes, if the Bears continue to roll and Matt Eberflus shows us that he is the defensive mind that he claimed to be when he first arrived, then that's a different story. But if he does return as the head coach of this team, I genuinely believe there will be a change at offensive coordinator because Luke Getze is so inconsistent. Even in a game where the Bears won, Luke Getze was seemingly wanting to give the ball away with his plethora of screen calls, a couple of which could have resulted in pick sixes for the Minnesota Vikings. And there's just no creativity on that offense until they get into a two-minute toward the end of the football game. So, of course, these are conversations that will continue to be had in January on when the Bears are no longer playing. But, Nick, to round out the show, our Bears are on the bye week, and I will be enjoying it very much this Sunday. But a game I will be tuning into, definitely not one on the national landscape, but two teams I admire heavily. And for my NFL pick of the week in week 13 is the L.A. Chargers at New England, minus five and a half. That is a hefty number. Two teams that have been extremely disappointing this season, especially the Chargers, a team who had major playoff aspirations. They're not out of it yet, but if they lose this football game, you can put the nail in the coffin. So this is a must-win game for Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley, who I could honestly see lose his job if they don't win in New England on Sunday afternoon. So give me the L.A. Chargers minus five and a half, a prove-it game for Herbie and the Chargers as a whole, who their defense has been rolling. Khalil Mack has already eclipsed double-digit sacks on the season. Hat tip to the legend himself. Give me the L.A. Chargers on the road in New England. I like that pick. I, I definitely do think uh, that it is one that happens. And I'll also be excited to watch Niners at Eagles and potentially, after taking care of business, catching a little bit of Chiefs at Packers. By week, I'll enjoy. Nick, I will be absolutely glued to the television on Sunday night because, as you know, our fantasy leagues are coming down to the wire. And can we make the playoffs in these last couple weeks? Of course, I have Travis Kelsey on a couple of teams. 
your man. And I would not mind watching Patrick Mahomes earn his first victory at Lambeau Field and absolutely pummel our arch-rival Green Bay Packers. So, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. And we are beyond grateful for another week of this football season. And, of course, the wide world of sports with the Wisconsin Badgers having a major matchup at the KC. So, folks, thank you for tuning in. And, as always, just up, bear down forever.